When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to the Garden State of Hockey podcast. We are jubilant again. The Devils have not lost since our last recording session. Things are looking good and all of Canada is officially part of New Jersey now. That's just how it works. So... Uh, to join me in talking about the week that was and the week that's coming up, because uh, weirdly enough, things don't get any easier from here. Uh, no. My name is Dan Rosell, and this is John Fisher. Hi, John. Hi, Dan. Whether John, you call it whether you call it a streak, yeah. Whether you call it a heater, yeah. Whether you call it a winning run, whether you call it the juggernaut, whether you're Mark Messier and you call it just okay. No, no, no. He said some something okay. Oh yeah, they're making they're becoming something okay. If you think this is something okay, love it. Perfect. That means they can be good from here. In Messier's defense, he was probably uh, getting a little misty eyed thinking about that one good day he had back in 1994. So you know, it is what it is. <laughs> well, regardless, the Devils have won 12 straight games. They have emerged sweeping both Western and Eastern Canada. They are the first team to ever do so in a single season when that was their last six uh, road games. That has happened before, but the Devils are the first to win all six. Uh, really incredible stuff. The only team that has not faced their wrath in Canada is Winnipeg. Um, so, so far, I mean, the returns have been incredible. It's not just a 12-game win streak, John. By mo- a lot of metrics, it is one of the most dominant 12-game stretches in NHL history. Absolutely. The Devils aren't just outscoring their opposition by good amounts. They're expected to score outscore their opposition by large amounts. They're getting better than expected goaltending. They're outscoring the XG model. They're getting power play goals. And even in this past week, Dan, uh, another positive development, the penalty kill only conceded one goal against. Mm -hmm. And the power play got involved as well. We got a a damn broken for Eric Halla. Finally, he got the goal that he was deserving for such a long time. Uh, Contributions up and down the lineup throughout the week. The Devils had a game where they scored five goals and neither Hughes nor Brett had a single point. It's uh, it's happening, John. It's really happening. Yeah, let's let's walk through each of the games so to catch the people up because you know yeah, yeah. a lot of things happen. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Like, getting very it, excited. It, it, it's very easy to get excited. It's very easy to say you know Devils won, GG other team, and then just move on because a lot of those games have felt like that. Um, starting off in Montreal, where Montreal were these hideous reverse retro things and debuted a stupid new mascot. Um, the first period did not go particularly great for the Devils. It wasn't terrible, but. Uh, they had to rely on Vitek Vanacek to uh, keep the game at 0-0. And then it was the Jack Hughes show. Yeah. Uh, PPG from Jack Hughes. 
opens the scoring. Mm-hmm. Dougie Hamilton scores off a turnover. Uh, Evgeny Dadanov uh, makes it two uh, one, and then of course a Dawson Mercer turnover turns into another Jack Hughes goal. It's three one, and then in the third period. Uh, a wonderful sequence where Dawson Mercer gets robbed by Jake Allen on a breakaway. Hughes gets uh, blocked away by Allen's stick. And then just as Jake Allen is turned, uh, trying to get back into his net, Brad mm-hmm. puts a puck in off, off his, well, probably off his back, but I'm going to say, but because it's more fun to say that to make it four one. Uh, the, Hughes and Brat were just all over the ice in that game. And Mercer definitely had one of his better nights. John Marino mm-hmm. also had an awesome night and he sailed in the empty netter for a five, one beating in Montreal just to make it 10 wins. But as you know, Dan, the winning did not stop there. And and also, just to mention again, just like Arizona had come in on a three-game win streak, I believe Montreal was on one as well going into that exactly. game. Exactly. Yeah, they were um, feeling good, you know? They were feeling good, and they felt less good after the game when uh, really the Devils honestly put them in their place. It was it was spectacular. It's really yeah. cool to watch. And then uh, after that, the Devils went up to uh, Toronto and this was the one that, you know, people had penciled in. This is the toughest opponent of the run so far, um, you know, now that it's reached this length. And so this is going to be the test. Top of the conference, Toronto was supposed to be competitive all year long. We all know that. We've all heard the narratives. Yeah. And the gonna... Devils went in there and played one hell of a road game and really got unlucky that they had to win it in overtime, but deservedly won it in overtime. Absolutely. Like the first period, like, over the past couple games going into this one, the first period has been kind of sloppy for the Devils. You know, pucks not being connected, the other team being able to outshoot the Devils, which is something kind of uncommon during this winning run. But the Devils really sharpened up and played a very good start to this period. Um, the only, mis- you know, you have to give Toronto credit because they are legitimately a top 10 team and by most metrics. Uh, Dougie Hamilton takes a dumb high-sticking penalty where he whacks mm-hmm. Marner on the helmet on a follow-through. And the Devils almost get out of that. But, Austin, you know, Michael Bunting found Austin Matthews in front of uh, Vitek Vanacek, as you would expect. Austin finished the deal and made it one nothing. And then right on the very next shift, almost in a nod to Elaine Nazardine, former defensive yeah. assistant head coach, Toronto was caught with five players all on one side of the zone. Eric Haller recognized this and saw Jesper Bratt all alone on the other side. Yeah. Bratt gets the pass, beats Matt Murray. Um, it's it was one, a one nice literally next pass. shift. It that was a very was a good seeing pass. eye pass. That's not so a pass you'd expect from Eric Halla. No, it was it was very well weighted, well played. He could have rushed that. He could have played it too softly. He could have tried to saucer it. No, it was just perfect. And Brett had the great finish. Also, the skill level is quite high this year. I'll say, like around is. the entire team, that they're they're very the technical parts of the game are like very cleaned up compared to seasons past. Exactly. So when when I mo- mentioned that when the Devils are playing sloppy, they're you know passes are going to skates. They're you know they're missing targets and things like that. They are able to clean that up. And you know once they all clicks, you start realizing, oh, this team really is fast. Oh, this team is skilled. This team will make you uh, suffer if your goaltender is not going to be ready for one good night. Sidebar: Brat's goal, first point for Brendan Smith. He finally hey. he finally gets his first point. I believe he was. The outside last of, one, right? Outside of Kevin Ball, but Kevin Ball has only played like three games. So, yeah, whatever. Anyway, speaking of your goaltender needs to be on, early in the second period, Toronto concedes a two-on-one. Fabian Zetterlund flexes a pass to Nico Heischer, and Heischer goes bar down perfectly on uh, Murray to go up to one And what proceeded for the next, for the better part of 37 minutes, 
Mm-hmm. I would say the Devils did their best to score on Matt Murray. The third period in particular was notable because, you know, you're going to the third period, you're on the road, you're only up 2-1. Logic and statistics would tell you the other team's going to throw everything in the kitchen sink at you. And yet yeah. the Devils matched them uh, almost shot for shot in five on five. They outchanced them 10 to three or something ridiculous like that. You know, high danger was like four and one. And and the Devils did everything but score on Matt Murray. Like Jack Hughes mm-hmm. turned Justin Hole into a cone. Nico Heischer turned, you know, he he took Mar- Mitch Marner, uh, Marner on a walk. Yeah. Even yep. Marner said, yeah, he, he beat me real bad here. Like I said, it's the juggernaut, Mitch. You just have to deal with it. Um, nevertheless, unfortunately, as you would expect in hockey, because sometimes these things happen, the equalizer was scored. William Nylander fires a great shot. I think it hit off Jonas Siegenthaler. It did. Yep. Yeah. It's literally the definition of a bad break. It wasn't one of those goals where, oh, someone turned the puck over or somebody wasn't in coverage or it it, it was just a good shot helped out by a bad break. Mm-hmm. It's two to two. It's late in the game. You're thinking, all right, please don't blow it. Thankfully, in overtime, the Devils won the face off and never looked back. Uh, Jack, yeah. They, Jack Hughes well, they, had a. You know what? Like they did kind of, they'd lost the puck briefly. The yeah, one Jack time Hughes, they lost the puck, though, it was for maybe, I don't know, a total of three seconds before Jack Hughes stole it again. Yeah. What happened was Jack Hughes dropped a pass for Jaeger Sharangovich, and sh- sh- either the pass wasn't good or Sharangovich overskated it. It just went into his skates. He lost it. You're thinking, oh, no, if Toronto's quick, they can get a two on one here. But. Toronto settles the puck. John Tavares attempts a pass and Hughes is like, thank you, Mr. Tavares. I'm going to make you regret that. Takes it to the net, gets taken down by uh, Allen. He was actually going to get a power play uh, had it not go in, but the puck came out to Sharon Govich. Sharon Govich finished the drill. Mitch Marner skates into Hughes's head. Nico picks him up and asks him if he's okay in the celebration. Hughes says yes, because he's the big deal. Devils win three to two in thrilling fashion. As you said, Devils played a great game, should have won this in regulation, but thanks to Matt Murray and bad luck, they didn't. Still get the W. You'll love to see it. And that's the key difference. Despite all of that, they're getting the wins when they deserve to. You know, it's it's something that would have been so easy to point to and say, ah, like later on in the season, if you're missing a couple points here and there, this would have been a great game. They're getting all of those points. They're banking so much right now. They're at, you know, what is it over 50% of last season's win total 18 games into the season. This is incredible. Yeah. The devils have already, they're on pace for a ridiculous amount of points. 136, I think. Yeah. Like that would put them like president's trophy. In fact, they're actually, that would put them all time highest points by a mile. This is not going to happen. Yeah. yeah, It's not going (laughs) to happen. They're not, this is not the greatest devil's team of all time. Although yeah. I'm gonna be, I'm I'm gonna eat a lot of crow if they are, and I will have honestly to eat that though, crow. They but, look pretty good. <laughs> yeah, the only team in the league that's been better than them is Boston, and that's that's the level that we're talking about here. In mm-hmm. fact, as we're recording this, you know, spoiler alert: the Devils won yesterday. Um, you know, the Devils have a seven point lead in the Metropolitan Division. Like that's the benefit of all these different wins is that you can not only bank the points for the future. But you give yourself a cushion so when the streak does end, you're not sitting there going, oh, no, now now they're going to fall into second place. They're going to fall to fourth. They're going to fall to outside of the wild card. Like, no, like they can lose a couple games then and still be a first place team, mm-hmm. which is an incredible achievement. And to get to that first place point and get that seven point lead. They went into yeah. Ottawa. <laughs> Eric Hall bullied fu- them for 60 minutes straight. Yeah. You want to talk about finding ways to win? 
you know, as yeah. you said earlier, you know, Hughes didn't get a point. Brett didn't get a point. He sure only got uh, an assist, an important mm-hmm. assist. Uh, but the was scoring this point. No, his goal was wow. taken off the board. Mm-hmm. That's another go. thing. The Devils had a goal taken off the board, so it could have been six. Uh, yo, your goal scorers in this game were Eric Halla, Nathan Bastian, Jesper Bokvist, Sharon Govich, and Michael McLeod. And first and foremost, I want to, you know, special shout out to Eric Halla. He scores on a power play, uh, a notable power play, because Austin Watson, you know, basically took a cheap shot on a Mihisher. Mihisher left the shift early. He still played 17 minutes that night because he's the dude. Uh, but on the second unit finally gets a power play goal. Wonderful pass from Zetterlund to find Hall in the high slot, who just ripped it low past Miles Wood and uh, Anton Forsberg. That shot, Dan, going into this game, Hall had 39 shots on net, 62 shot attempts, 33 scoring chances, 18 high danger chances, and an individual expected goal count of 4.81, oh all God. behind all behind Matt Barzal in what I've called the zero goal club. <laughs> he needed that power play goal, Dan. I yeah. was so I was so hoping, please, Miles Wood, do not touch it. And if you did, lie. Yeah. Say you didn't touch it. Eric Hall needs the, camera, the goal. Eric you need Hall, the official scorekeepers, John. Yeah, I know. But Eric Hall needed that goal, and I'm very happy that he finally got it because he's done a lot of great work for this team. You speak yeah. about the skill level being much better. It's because guy, veteran players like Thomas Tatar like Eric Halla, and even the fourth line, which aren't as experienced as those two, they're putting in efforts that aren't just like, hey, I'm chipping in some points here. Like, they're playing legitimately smart hockey games the, uh, relative to, to their skill sets. And The fourth line has done. an expected goals for percentage of 58%. This is the fourth line of the yeah. team. Oh, my exactly. God. Yeah, and this was a game where Michael McLeod could have had a couple goals himself. Nathan Bastion was absolutely robbed by Cam Talbot mm-hmm. in, in the second period. But still, this this fourth line, you know, first period, uh, McLeod wins an offensive draw after a power play ended. Nate Miles Wood takes a shot on net. Nathan Bastion torches Jacob Bernard Docker to pet pile in the rebound. Like, you know, we're not asking these guys to do Jack Hughes or Jesper Bratt things just do basic things and they're they're showing that yeah they can do them and do it well Bashit himself had another good game again he should have had two goals but Talbot absolutely denied him right in front he drew mm-hmm. a call um you know he played a very smart game um again Jesper Bokvis puts in a rebound off a of Sharon Govich shot not only puts the Devils up three nothing early in the second sends Anton Forsberg to the bench for Cam Talbot and yes, Derek Broussard scored late past Akira Schmid, who got the start. He Schmid played a very good game himself, very composed, very smart. And that was the that Broussard goal and the subsequent uh, penalty that Michael McLeod took. Not very smart, by the way, by McLeod. Um, went badly for Ottawa as Tim Stutzle fumbled a puck. Sharon Govich oh. forced it out, spun on him to to throw it into space for Nico Heischer to get on it, and then. Sharangovich trailed by Stutzley enough to recognize that Stutzley was not Stutzley thought he had Sharangovich when he really didn't. Mm-hmm. He sure fired a low shot. Rebound came perfectly to Sharangovich in the middle where Stutzley was like, huh, I thought you were going to be on my, on my right. And uh, Sharangovich puts in the shorthanded goal. The Canadian tire center was dead quiet. Uh, yeah, I think in a game that was closer, maybe by the run of play, Stutzel puts in a little more of an effort, but it, it's like demoralizing playing against the Devils at this point, because what Ottawa reminds me of this year is what the Devils of the last 
let's say two, three years have been in which the expectations going into the season were pretty high for this team. They made some pretty yeah. high profile moves. There's a lot of optimism surrounding them. Very good, moves. good moves, like very shrewd praised around the league. I think a lot of people are expecting them to compete for a playoff spot and it just has not come together at all. And again, the frustration, you can see it mounting. You can see plays like that. Stutzla kind of dogged it, to be honest with you. He he did not skate fast after he fumbled the puck at the line. You know, no, and, and, and that's a consistent problem with Ottawa as a whole. I think a big reason why, you know, they're sitting at 6, 10 and 1 at the bottom of the Atlantic, with even though they only have a negative goal differential of three, like you would expect bottom teams to be like negative 25, like Columbus or negative 12, like Washington. But uh, Ottawa's forwards are just not very good at helping out on defense. It's not just Stutzla yeah. dogging it on that play. Like Brady Kachuk is a nothing player without the puck in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drake Batherson, not a nothing player without the puck in that game. Like Claude Giroux, Giroux puts in a decent effort some of the times. Sometimes Alex DeBrincat does as well. But if you get past them and you, you know, you set up on offense and five on five against them. They're just kind of there. You know, they're, they're looking to make, you know, break the play out. And I get it. They're, they're playing wing. That's kind of what they're supposed to do, but look, compare that to the devils where, you know, outside of maybe miles Wood, like every forward comes back to help and help on defense. Jack Hughes goes deep in his own zone to help on defense. Jesper Bratt does this. He sure is very good at this. Mercer's good at this. Tatar and Hala do this a lot. Like it's, you know, the Devils got another good defensive performance out of Siegenthaler and Marino and Hamilton, but the big secret sauce here to how their defense has been so much improved this season, Dan, is that the forwards are helping out and the team is not selling out on overloading as much as they did under Nazardine. Those two factors are big, important roles, and if you don't have those two things, your defense is much weaker for it, and we saw the inverse of that with Ottawa. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Like To Nazardine's I guess credit, you'd say it doesn't seem like the stars are in a particularly bad spot. Mm. He's on that staff. So maybe Peter DeBoer just told him, stop with the overloading so much. Just simplify your tactic and, and, you know, we'll be fine. And so far, so good for the stars. So far, so good. So like the parts that he brought that were good, I guess, are being translated over. I think the penalty kill um, for the most part, you know, this year it is more active. It is more aggressive. Um, but it is, it was effective last year to an extent. The power play now, these last couple of games, has looked so much better. The movement's been better. It's just the percentage has not quite caught up with how good it's actually looked. Well, they're they're in 21st as opposed to being mired in 28th. You know? uh, yeah, well. And, and it, the difference between that, and I'm looking at this currently, but that's a good 5% difference. So that's a couple goals right there. Um, credit and you to the still Dev- want to be better in five on five than special teams anyway. Like that's yeah, what we the, all care about. And the Devils are arguably the best team in the league at five on five. Like it's them, Carolina, it's Boston. Arguable. Like it depends on the on the metric you're looking at here. But okay, the Devils are that dominant, and that's a big reason why I'm very pleased with how this week went because you got to see the top players like Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratt score. But you, in the Ottawa game, you got to see that, yeah, your non-heralded guys can get you goals and win big five to one. Like, you know, it, it shows the depth of the roster, excuse me, and the stuff like the five on five stats that I keep praising and harping about really speaks to how the team performs as a team. Like you can't fake, you know, a t- you know, you can, you can get lucky in a hot streak and win a couple games, but you can't fake an XGF percentage in five on five of 62%. Yeah. You can't fake 
a Corsi percentage of 58.7. You can't fake, you know, a high danger uh, Corsi percentage of 65%. Like these things, like shooting percentages and save percentages will fluctuate. Goalies will go on heaters and have slumps. Shooters will have slumps and go on hot streaks as well. But generating opportunities, generating shots, generating shooting attempts, those things are much more in a team's control. And the Devils are either number one or number two in these percentages in five on five play. Like, yeah, that's that's that the Devils are a juggernaut. They're a heater. Dent. They're a wagon. They're they're crushing, killing and destroying their opposition such that if they do lose a game and that might happen this coming week, Dan, mm-hmm. uh, because all good things have to come to an end, unfortunately. But when they do lose lose a game, I'm not going to sit there and go, Dan, we got to worry about a 15-game winless streak like the Buffalo Sabres. No, this oh, team's no. going to go back and win some games. This oh, is a good team. It's legitimately I'm, good. <laughs> I'm not worried. And again, for many reasons, first of all, the depth that you talked about, anyone in the lineup, it seems, can generate a goal, can produce something when it's needed. So that's amazing to think about. Another thing, they're getting it done in front of Akira Schmid even. He came in, he's been great, but also they're keeping it clean in front of any goalie. The, the It almost doesn't matter that their biggest problem last year has been addressed to a reasonable extent because their play has been so much better in front of the goalie that it basically doesn't matter who they put in there. Granted, the goalies have been extremely clutch at times where they had to be, which is another key difference, but really the process is driving this. And another thing is that the winger that they signed to a lot of money this offseason has not played really. No. That's a big piece that's missing. Yeah. But a big piece that complements this style very well, I'll add. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when Polat eventually returns to the lineup in the beginning of 2023. But the Devils still have like another five or six weeks to figure that out. It's also going to be interesting to see what they do with uh, when Blackwood comes back. Um, with the way the team is playing, you know, bring him back and just let him run run some games. Uh, but Vanacek has been playing very well. And as you said, Schmid in his two starts, both against Ottawa, I'm sorry, his he appearance against, against Ottawa. And he that, started that against was, Arizona too, I think. That's right. He started against Arizona. He came in the first Ottawa game thanks to Thomas Chabot kneeing Vanacek in the oh, head. Yeah. By the way, Dan, as a quick aside. So in the first Ottawa game, Chabot knocks out Vanacek mm-hmm. with, with a headshot by his knee. Austin Watson gives a cheap shot to the, you know, just under the ribs of Nico Heischer, which caused him to miss, cause a little concern, but he ultimately played a full game. So I'm not super concerned about it. The Devils will be hosting Ottawa on March 25th. What nonsense are we going to see out of the Senators in this game? <laughs> what What is it? Is it going to be Tim Stutzley just like cracking a dude's neck? Is Brady Kachuk going to just like bore a dude, you know, repeatedly to, you know, get for a stretcher job? Like what nonsense are we going to get out of these dirty, dirty Senators? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's. <laughs> It's the frustration that sets in. You see it on their team. It's something that, you know, had the Devils had more kind of guys like that over the last couple of years, I think we would have seen more of out of them. It's just true manifestations of frustration. I think I think the Devils weren't tough enough to do that, which is why they got bodied every single game by a ton. Um, But, uh, you know, it's it's very visible where one team's trending up and the other had expectations and didn't meet them so far. Again, we are not even 20 games into the season. I want to reiterate that 15 and 3 is fantastic. 15 and 3 is fantastic. It is the best Devils start uh, they have ever had. We have deserved reason to be happy. We have deserved reason to believe that this is sustainable. 
but you never know. Do not flex on rival fans just yet. There's a lot of season to go, and uh, I like to think that they won't blow the opportunity that this start has presented to them, but you truly, truly never know. And I I think I've we've gone through enough as a collective the last couple of years where let's just see the X next to their name in the standings, and then we can celebrate something. Yeah, there's there's reason to be excited. There's reason to be happy. I mean, I'll be the one to point out that the Devils can play technically average hockey from here on out, like points percentage wise, 55 Mm -hmm. percent. If they take 55 percent of the points stand from here on out, they will have over 100 points this season. Like Mm -hmm. that is playoffs. Like, remember, last season, 100 points was the final playoff spot in the Eastern Conference that Washington took. So I think the number is going to be a little lower than 100 to uh, clinch. But that's where the, that's that's the benefit of having such a torrid streak is Dan is that you don't have to be amazing later on you just have to be decent if you are decent competitive you'll be a yeah. playoff team that's the position the Devils are putting themselves in now the bigger question is Dan let's talk about this week coming up we got a we got a couple of rematches then Thanksgiving then a back to back. Yeah, so this is not we're seeing a lot of the yeah, no, we're seeing a lot of Canadian teams again, but like you said, it's four and six. And uh the first game that's going to kind of try to match the devil's all-time franchise longest win streak from uh 2000-2001 is going to be against the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, this was the game that was the closest to a loss in this entire streak, I'd say. Mm. Just even the ones that went to overtime. Mm. I mean, that they first, were down that... what? The first Ottawa game forced the Devils to kill a penalty in overtime. <laughs> yeah, but this one they were actually down with what three minutes to go, five minutes to go in the third. That is true. They were they were down. They were they had to come back from three one, and they needed to score a franchise record two goals seven seconds apart to take the game. Um, so yeah, okay, I will agree that Edmonton was a tough game, and in that game at that time the Devil, I'm sorry, Otto, both the Devils and the Oilers were on winning streaks too. Mm-hmm. Um, since then Edmonton has kind of struggled weirdly enough at home, uh, but they still have a very solid road record at five, two and a zero for the season. They just won their last game. Um, uh, they're sitting in the middle of the Pacific. I'm still frightened of them because Dan, they still have Connor McDavid. They still have mm-hmm. Leon Dreisaitl. Those two players could ruin anybody on any given night. And as long as they can keep the puck out of their net, which kind of has been Edmonton's problem yet again, yeah. um, you know, You're telling me rookie Stuart Skinner was not the answer all along? Well, it certainly isn't Jack Campbell, who is uh, being outplayed by the rookie Stuart Skinner. Yes. And is signed for another four seasons, I believe. Oh, joy. I mean. Well, they're not not starting a 41-year-old Mike Smith anymore, so I guess they've made progress. Regardless, regardless. this is still a decent a, team, still plenty dangerous. Moral yeah, of the story. This, this could be this could be a high scoring affair where the Devils may may not come out of it on the right side, but we shall see. Moving um, on to Wednesday, though, another team that we are talking about in this exact conversation, we're seeing the Maple Leafs again. Yep. You know they're going to want some measure of revenge. You know yep. they're going to want to prove something to national media because they attract the most national attention. And uh, the Devils are the darlings right now. They're yeah. Many, many things looking at, the, you know, many eyes looking at Newark and Toronto. They, they want some of that back. Yeah. And, and again, statistically in five on five, they're a top 10 team. Statistically on the power play and on the penalty kill, they're very good. Like this is a team that once again is going to have another great season and then struggle to win four games out of seven in the playoffs. Like that's pretty much Toronto's MO for the last couple seasons. I don't see that changing. That being said, Toronto has struggled away from Toronto. They're, they, they, mm-hmm. 
You know, they're seven, two and two right now at home. The devils provided one of those four non wins uh, recently. However, on the road, Toronto is just three, three and two. They're a more vulnerable team uh, outside of their uh, favorite place. So even though they've been playing well as of late, they're six, one and three in their last 10 games. And as you said, Dan, you know, Toronto's talented and will want some revenge. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think the devil's chance, weirdly enough, if you were to ask me who I like their chances, which game I would prefer to happen, you know, be a win. I would have picked the home game just because I know Toronto was struggling on the road. As you said, I figured that game in Toronto was going to be possibly the end. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, you know, the home crowd will get to see another win, hopefully a 14th straight win and then go off and eat some turkey the next day. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about like 14th straight win, 15th straight win. Let, man, I mean, well, after 15... that, if because if they get to 14, 15 looks pretty feasible because then they go to Buffalo. They go to face oh, a Sabres Buffalo. team that always has a hot start. I mean, they're the classic start hot, get everyone all excited and just rattle off a brutal five-plus game losing streak out of nowhere. And they just look like a completely different team, and they're pretty much settling into what looks like where they'll be all season. Yeah, as we're recording this, they they lost their last eight games. Uh, It's L8. It's not – there's no overtime points. There's no shootout points. Just eight regulation losses in a row tage thompson is quite good rasmus dalin is quite good this team does have some talented players they score goals they have 62 goals this season that's more than toronto Mm -hmm. that's more than tampa bay as of this recording that's more than florida the problem is they also have given up 66 goals which is also more than toronto tampa bay and florida and a whole bunch of other teams so basically high event high high event um yeah, it, it it's a back-to-back situation for the Devils. It's not going to be an easy one because, uh, you know, Buffalo is one of those quote-unquote trap games where if you're not careful, you can struggle in their building. But mm. it is preferable to compare to the following opponent who has also hit a struggle as of late. Uh, I just did the snapshot before this recording, and they, they just went on 0-3-1 in a brutal week of games this past week. Mm. Washington, the team that last beat the Devils. The team yep. that begat this torrid run of games, but that the game where, you know, some, you know, in those superhero or super villain stories, you have to have the guy or the girl, you know, take an L before they, you know, you know, become who they are, you know, gain their powers and, you know, roar back into form for good or for evil. Well, the Capitals provided that L mm-hmm. and we'll see if Washington is going to be in better form going into this game uh they'll they'll also play the night before so both teams are going to be exhausted to a degree but i would like some revenge i would like a win over the capitals but we shall see if you know how things are by at that point but it's still not going to be an easy game it's four games in six nights three three of these teams are legitimately good teams are there even though they're at home there's still going to be challenges and buffalo is a, a tricky one and of course, there's no much, there's not much rest after this one because then you get to play our hated rivals to close out the month on Monday. Yeah, but they are navigating. I mean, they have navigated already such a part of the schedule that looks so daunting and difficult to start the season and is now in the rear view. I mean, that's got to feel pretty good. That's got to feel pretty good knowing that they came out of that looking good and really impressing a lot of people. I think it's it's going to lead to well, okay, how do you extend this over the course of 80 games? And also, how do you start looking ahead at the playoffs? Now, in every projection, 
they are over 99% to make the playoffs. It is a different story. The expectations have changed. We yeah. This streak has created a situation where we're not looking to just make the playoffs now. Now you get there, maybe you win around. See what you can do. Yeah, um, I, w- I would personally not think about that until we get to the trade deadline. Yeah. Like when that when February hits and if the Devils are in a similar spot, then yeah, let's have those conversations. Because that's yeah. when you really start looking at your roster and you start thinking, okay, what do we need? Okay, what should we add? Can we add? Remember, the Devils are technically over the cap, but yeah. they're not thanks to uh, Bernier being on LTR. And weirdly enough, Palat and... Blackwood or not. I don't know why, but hey, I'm not the manager. But hey, the teams want the teams on a 12 game heater. Something's okay in New Jersey. Yeah. So well, one thing, one thing I'll say, um, the one th- consequence that this has kind of created, which is a little less than savory, is the fact that uh Alex Holtz and Kevin Ball are just kind of sitting on the sidelines for the most yeah. part um during the streak which isn't ideal in terms of getting young prospects games uh but they are accompanying a winning locker room they are practicing with a winning team learning a winning scheme mm. so um there is value to that to an extent but it is it makes sense as to why they wouldn't get in they keep winning games why would you ever change the lineup but um it just kind of feels bad that they're not getting much gameplay experience anyway no that's the and- only detriment i think yeah, that's and and all things considered, if that's your only detriment, then you, you, your team is going great. Like Lindy oh, Ruff's yeah. job is not to develop Alexander Holtz and Kevin Ball; it's to win yeah. hockey games and job done. Yeah, um, you're absolutely right. Like, I would argue that it's a bigger detriment because playing games is always going to be preferable to not playing games, whether that's AHL games or NHL games. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a sense, you want to keep ball and holds around just in case an injury does happen and you know yeah. remember the devils were on the road all last week granted they were in eastern canada a call up from utica probably wasn't going to be that difficult to do uh two weeks ago it was the western canada trip where yeah you needed some bodies on that trip just in case um and then this week coming up you know you got four games in six and then a game on monday following after that's five games in eight days mm-hmm. you know utica schedule i don't know it off the top of my head but it's also busy as well so getting guys in and out is a little challenging uh from a logistics point of view that being said um you know i think in holtz's case the criticism of him has been you know he needs to get to the pace of play in the for the nhl well you're not going to do that from the from the suite yeah you're not going to do that wearing a cool suit and eating you know chicken tenders next to kevin like it's just not going to happen you need to be playing games i think in retrospect if the devils knew that this run was going to be as long as it was maybe they would have sent holtz back just to get some games in utica and keep up like an andreas johnson or something or 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 not even andreas johnson or johnson, johnson uh, well it's okay i mix it up too uh you know someone like tice thompson or graham clark or hell you know if you want to bring up uh you know one of the veteran ahlers that's on an nhl contract because i don't think anybody's going to really demand pinho on waivers um you know you could do that too if you need a spare um that's what i would think but again the devils are in this odd spot where you know heaven forfeit forfend you know another austin watson like player takes a cheap shot on a devil the next thing you know you need holds to come into the lineup for the next game Mm -hmm. Uh, or you know a defenseman gets hurt and then you need kevin ball right away so they're they're in this awkward position where um you're right. The younger guys are not getting the the minutes they need to develop. And worse for Holtz is that Bokvist has two goals in this past week. 
uh, I'm sorry, past four, past couple games, I should say, not this past week. And Zetterlund continues to flex on opponents. So I don't really see a pathway for him to get in the lineup unless there's an injury. And same for Ball. You know, Brendan Smith continues to be a penalty concern, but he's doing a decent job as the number six defenseman. So mm-hmm. he's not coming out of the lineup either. That's just the way it is. You know, again, the job is to win games and the Devils are doing that. So job done. Yeah. Yeah, and it's uh it's nice to see. So we're hoping to see more of it. Um, the vibes are really good, and what I appreciate, I think, most of all, is the fact that in those games where they maybe didn't have their A plus effort, they had like a B or C, but still got the win. They knew it. They took accountability for it. They said we've got to clean up some stuff, and it's nice to see how motivated everyone is. So hopefully, the good vibes continue. Um, the the stories are certainly flowing numerously in national media uh they're all over the athletic they're all over espn now a lot of people trying to explain what the heck they're seeing here with this devil's run so um we've tried our best hopefully you know we continue to see what we've been focusing on but otherwise i know i've been enjoying it i know you've been enjoying it i know the people who matter have been enjoying it and we look to uh keep doing so to have a good holiday season as well so who could have guessed first in the metropolitan by right around thanksgiving but um, we'll see if they end up there by the time the holiday comes around. So we'll catch you on the other end of a, a long week for the Devils and, um, you know, a long week for everyone, I'm sure, as you go into your holiday planning. But the vibes have been great. We'll see if they can keep up the merriment as you were. So, John, sign us out. Go Devils. Continue the wagon heater juggernaut streak, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Just get W's. <laughs> Bye, everyone.